Welcome to episode one of the Dirt on Turf podcast. I'm your host, Chris Toppings. Our guest today is Zach Van Voorhees, head groundskeeper for the Birmingham Barons, double-A affiliate for the Chicago White Sox. Today, we dive into the world of a head groundskeeper in minor league baseball. We talk about cultural practices, how he got his start, and just life in general. We hope you enjoy the podcast as we dive in to the turf industry. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specialize in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom nettings for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, scoreboards, overhead netting, barrier netting, sideline netting, golf course netting, and much more. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals continues to provide quality products and services to many recreational, high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, courses, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. This is Christopher Toppings with the Dirt on Turf podcast. Today's guest is old college buddy of mine, Zach Van Voorhees, the head groundskeeper for the Birmingham Barons, the AA affiliate for the Chicago White Sox. Zach, welcome. Well, I certainly appreciate it, man. We, we've had some good times together, uh, whether it's uh, in class and we've worked together for uh, a little bit. Um, so I'm certainly glad to be a part of uh, the inaugural podcast. Um, but yeah, I'll just kind of real briefly kind of introduce myself. Like you said, I'm Zach Van Voorhees, the head groundskeeper for the Birmingham Barons, AA for the White Sox. Um, originally from Eastern North, Car- North Carolina, just outside of uh, Vanceboro. Um, little old bitty town. Um, went to North Carolina State uh, under their uh, College of Ag and Life Sciences, which was great. Um, Love that program. Uh, so if you're hearing this, certainly look into it if you're trying to further your career. Um, got a older sister that are still living back home. Um, married to a beautiful lady uh, Mackenzie so if you hear this just giving her a little shout out we are expecting our first child uh, come August so we're uh, super pumped and uh, overly nervous about that um, you know background kind of hobbies kind of run together it was kind of born in the country a little bit so anything that has to do with outside or can be done um Within those, I love to do it, fishing, hunting, um, riding four-wheelers, love to surf, love to be on the boat and the beach. Um, so just anything I can do outside, I certainly enjoy. Um, so that's kind of a little bit about myself. Well, that is awesome news that you're expecting a little one. I know that is very, 
scary and amazing experience all at one. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah, we're super excited, super excited. That's good. Well, get, Zach, give us a little background uh, for the listeners on your uh, turf career history. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, like I said, I'm from Vanceboro, North Carolina. So, real close near there is a, another town called Kinston, not with a G, uh, but Kinston. Uh, they were home of the Kinston Indians for a lot of years. Um, so I worked there when I went home for summer from college. Uh, started out uh, as a game timer, just pr primarily worked on the game days. Um, went back to college, came back, and and was offered the seasonal assistant position uh, under Stephen Watson, who's still there kicking it pretty good. Um, so basically just did that for the next three summers. Um, which was a great opportunity. Was able to stay at home with the folks and, and save a little bit of money, and and just kind of continue learning. Uh, you know, you, you learn as best you can in the field. Um, unfortunately, they sold the team in 2011, so they couldn't come back for another summer, so to speak. Uh, and that's where I took a position uh, as kind of one of the assistants under Tommy Walston. Um, working at North Rec campus, uh, under ECU, great, uh, intermeal complex, huge, uh, just top notch complex for anything from flag football, rugby, disc golf, uh, high ropes course. I mean, you name it, they got it out there and we certainly ran a, a top notch, uh, complex out there, which is still top notch. If you ever get the chance to go out there, I would certainly recommend it. Um, but, you know, I still kind of had a passion for baseball and, and wanted to get back into it. So I had the opportunity to uh, travel down to Greenville, South Carolina uh, and work under Greg Burgess, uh, which is a low single A for the uh, Boston Red Sox. Awesome, awesome town just outside of Clemson. Um, amazing uh, ballpark. Fairly new, I think, was built in 2000. Oh, man, seven or eight. Don't quote me on that but it's it's awesome modeled after the uh Fenway it's got the green monster in left so it's it's awesome again I would recommend getting out there if you can did that for a year I, I'd kind of previously been an assistant you know four or five years or seasons uh, as we kind of like to call it um so I was really looking to get my own place after that year uh, and that's when a, a position came open in Hickory North Carolina just kind of outside of uh Charlotte and Asheville right in between it it was a uh, another low single a for the uh, Texas Rangers uh, so I took that position um, awesome just awesome place to start out in it, you know it was a real old ballpark 20 some years um, but it was a great place to start out out in um, you know ownership and, and general manager were great to work for so I did that for three years um we, we hosted the uh, South Atlantic League All-Star Game, which was really cool, um, and had some other great memories there. But then, you know, like I said, I wanted to do kind of bigger and better, and then a position came open here in Birmingham, Alabama, um, with uh, the Birmingham Barons, like I said, double-A for the White Sox, and it's a fairly new ballpark as well, built in 2013, um, and, and they certainly built this place right. Um, Stadium concourse is top notch. The field was built amazing by Precision Turf. Um, 
shop is amazing. It's just a really good ballpark to uh, really do some great things and grow some great grass. Um, so I've been here for a little over four years now. Um, love every minute of it. Hate being so far away from home and, and family and friends, but, you know, just just trying to soak it up. Me and the wife have a great thing going out here, so, you know, we're certainly enjoying it. That's kind of where I am right now. Well, good, good. That's awesome. Uh, it's time sure, time sure does fly, doesn't it, Zach? It, it does. I mean, it feels just like yesterday. I, I was uh, figuring out that this little old guy was from Washington uh, in, in, a, in a turf class and, and, you know, and just trying to make our way through uh, Emily Erickson's turf 101 class and hoping for the best. Uh, I feel like that was yesterday. Yeah, I put on a few pounds since then. That little guy's put on a few pounds. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. Same here. But, you know, we put on some pounds, but we've gained some knowledge, I'll say for sure. That's right. Well, I got another question for you. Um, who got you into turf or who was your mentor once you got your foot into turf and started exploring turf? Oh, man, that, that's a, a, a long list. I, I would, you know, as I kind of think back, that's a long list for me, you know, kind of all real started. I'm a baseball guy, played baseball, um, obviously didn't play baseball in college, um, but I love the game, every every bit of it, um, but it kind of really started out in high school. My, my head coach, Morgan O'Neill, um, just kind of had a, a little bit of a niche for taking care of a ballpark or, you know, baseball field, and so he would always take us off to the side after games, but I, I kind of fell in love with it and would come on the weekends or, you know, mow in the mornings uh manage the irrigation and fertilizer applications so i kind of really just fell in love with it again i love being outside love working um kind of creating things with our hands um so he, he's kind of one that started it um but you know you can't rule you know you can't leave out the parents and just how they supported me throughout this whole journey um friends parents that i've worked for that kind of taught me how to work um but certainly i've got some great mentors at nc state that I still rely on Grady Miller, um, both Bob and Emily Erickson are great, uh, resources that I try and stay in contact with. Um, pretty much every one of my bosses ha have mentored me in some way or fashion going from Steven Watson, Tommy Walston, Greg Burgess. Um, you know, those are some great guys in our industry, um, that I've really tried to look up to and, and rely on them for guidance, whether it be just, Hey, turf's not doing so well. What do I need to do? Or, you know, I'm not doing so well. You know, what, what do you, you know, especially from a family side of things as I kind of grow as a man. Um, and certainly my friends that are in the industry, such as Chris right here uh, uh, and, and other guys that are, that are um, head groundskeepers as well that I can certainly rely on, which just is a huge testament to our industry. They're, they're a phone call away. Um, or, you know, even on Twitter, I'm huge on Twitter. Um, I think it's a great platform to reach out. I mean, I, I've never met a lot of guys that I reach out to and never met them in person, but I feel like I know them just because of Twitter. Yeah, I think uh, social media is, I mean, I know that, you know, there's a lot of people that, that I stay away from social media, but in the turf industry, it sure has, uh, sure has opened a lot of doors for a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, so a brief description, your current position, uh, the head groundskeeper for the Birmingham Barons. Uh, everybody knows 2020 was a different year, very different than anything anybody's ever experienced. 
but let's pretend that that didn't happen. Give everybody a brief description on game day. You have your rival uh, league team, division team you're playing. Give me a brief breakdown of what that day entails. All right. Um, just kind of we'll go real quick. Um, so here at, at the Barron Stadium, we host uh, University of Alabama at Birmingham's home games in February, March. So, so kind of my season, so to speak, starts in February um, and then runs to about Labor Day with minor league. But we'll go into the game day preparations. Uh, and, and this is pretty much every single day, no matter without fact, pretty much as soon as I get up and make that coffee, it's, it's check the weather. Um, and usually I've checked it the night before or I've checked it before I go to bed. I mean, we live and breathe by the weather, um, whether it's good or bad. You know, if it's going to be 105 with 80% humidity or, you know, we're going to have a nasty storm just rolling through timing-wise. So that, that's first and foremost is check the weather. All right. Well, um, real so quick, briefly, explain to everybody why that is your first move when you get your coffee. Why? You know, it, it really sets the tone for the day. Um, you, you know, let's just say, you know, you got a game, seven o'clock game day, uh, and they're saying forecasting for a shower to roll through around noon. Well, you, you can't really just kind of, I wouldn't say meander through your day, but you really have to, all right, well, what do I need to get done before that noon um, potential uh, rain shower comes through? You know, maybe I just need to freshen up the painting the lines because um, they need to be a little bit brighter. Um, you know, I want to make sure I give those enough time to dry before we even think about putting that tarp on. And then also, you know, we 90% of our game day operations are, are dealt with turf. You know, six of the nine players are on dirt. So, we're you know, we're managing that moisture. And if we have to adjust, whether it be the tarp or potentially playing through rain, you know, we have to either – hammer that water early to get it down deep and back off throughout the day, or we can just kind of manage it at that certain level. Um, and then again, you know, if we have a pop-up shower at nine o'clock, we have to get a hold of our staff and get them in here soon. That way we don't get kind of caught with our pants down. Um, and so we can be ready to put the tarp on, or if we put it on overnight, um, you know, checking the weather. Okay. Well, sun didn't say it was going to come up till 10. But actually, it, it broke um, through the clouds at 830. All right, well, we need to get in there a little bit sooner and get that thing off because it can certainly bake that grass. So there, there's so many different factors into why I check the weather. And that's just on a game day. Obviously, I'm checking weather on a non-game day because it can still impact what I'm trying to do to the field. Well, I got you. And so after you check the weather, you get to the field, you get to the stadium, and you kind of explain what you would do if you got a potential shower and all like that, but it's a perfect day. Humidity is perfect. Temperature is perfect. Beautiful day at the ballpark, all American day. Give us a brief breakdown of how that day goes. Well, certainly uh, enjoying that from the day, I, I, the time I, I roll into the shop is just thanking everything um, that I've gotten to get there and just really enjoy the day. Uh, so usually I've got at least one assistant, maybe two, in there with me so it, it's just kind of all right well who's going to hop on the big mower who's going to hop on the walk mower um the other kind of odd man out is going to start checking bullpens making sure they're, they don't need any conditioner or they're drying out or they're too wet from the night before um any kind of just excess trash 
and I say trash, it could be sunflower seeds. It could be just random things that have blown from the night before. Uh, so just kind of cleaning up a little bit. And then we'll, we'll start kind of once we're all kind of at least the away from the infield from the mower side, uh, you know, we'll really start working on getting our moisture on that skin and the mound and plate um, down, super down deep. So we're really, if it's like I said, a perfect day, we're really soaking that infield to where it, we've got almost standing water um, just to get it down as deep as possible. Um, and then we kind of go through there, we're, you know, we're starting to creep up on 10 o'clock lunch or so, um, you know, taking breaks, trying to hydrate as best we can, uh, especially down here in the south. But that's pretty much across the board, no matter where you're at, you need to hydrate, not just the infield, but yourself. Um, so, we, you know, again, we're just managing moisture and then we'll go start checking in on uh, what the team's going to be doing for the day, whether it's uh, just a normal show up we're going to take a quick infield and do some batting practice, or, you know, they're going to do some early work. Uh, pitchers might be on the game mound. Um, you know, it, there's a whole gamut of things that they can, they can do. And, and usually they're, they're always pretty good on, on writing down on the board the night prior on what they're going to be doing. So that kind of sets up how much time we've got left to really get things prepped and ready and maybe take some lunch and get things how we want it to to be before they really start sh showing up and we have to start setting up for whatever you know they may want for the day <clears throat> right um and like i said you know let's say seven o'clock game again you know they'll start doing normal work around three o'clock or so so we'll start setting up all our bp screens our turf protectors uh doing some final moisture management um Sometimes the, the opposing team starts to show up about that time. So we'll just kind of check in with them. Maybe it's a new team. You know, just want to say, hey, introduce yourself. Uh, any special requests, things like that. Kind of get a feel for how they may be doing the day. You know, maybe you get lucky and they don't do anything on the field. And, you're, you know, you're praising, praising the Lord for those. Um, and then kind of checking in with the umpires as well. Hopefully it stays like a nice day, but you certainly just want to put a name with the face. Uh, and then you start to kind of take your break while they're doing infield, um, batting practice, whatever it is, get your little nap in maybe, chill in the AC. Uh, then your game timer starts to show up about five o'clock or so. And then, you know, then it's go time. You know, once that, that those visiting teams done with the field, it, it, it's go. Um, you know, you're trying to rip those BP screens and protectors off about as fast as you can, but all you want to stay in a nice orderly uh, fashion, you know, that way when we go to put it out the next day, they're nice and neat. We know exactly where they go because efficiency is the name of the game here. Um, and then it's just prettying things up, uh, final watering, laying down paint lines. Um, I'm an aerosol guy. Uh, I know a lot of guys use chalk for the dirt, but I, I like air, aerosol. It's just easy in the long run. Um, so everybody does a little bit different. Um, we usually drag the, the field twice, so into the third inning and then into the sixth inning. Um, again, checking the weather throughout the game, checking in on just how the field's playing, making sure we're not having any issues or, you know, it's maybe the top's drying out a little bit. Um, maybe it's playing a little too sticky, so you're always trying to perfect how your field is playing. Um, then it's post-game, you know, that's, that's when – 
kind of the harder work begins because, you know, we're repairing mound and plate, cleaning up the infield of any big old chunks of, of dirt that need to get out of the grass or big piles of sunflower seeds from the first base coach. Uh, and just kind of repairing things. Again, we'll probably, if we've got the time, uh, we'll soak down the infield once more just to make the day, the next day even easier for us. Um, checking the weather once more. You know, we're in contact with the general manager and the front office staff who help us with the tarp. So if we need to put it on overnight, you know, we'll say, all right, give us some time to get it ready to go and we'll tarp it up and do it again the next day. So that's kind of a quick, quick shot of a game day around here. Uh, I, well, you know, it's interesting, you know, because everybody, you know, I know people in the in the industry, you know, and it's, it's interesting to hear, you know, people's different processes. And I think, uh, that's what we're shooting for here. So the listeners can hear different things and you can never know that somebody might say something and they say, huh, I've never thought of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, you know how, how I was first taught with um, Steven down in Kinston uh, and how I do it now is it, there's some similarities, uh, but it, it's different. And, and I've kind of taken things here and there from all of my bosses and, even how I did things in Hickory are, are, are different to how I do here. So you really have to just uh, adapt to your, your certain setting because just the flow of things and, it, it, you know, every place is different. Right. And I think what's important for people to understand is that foundation stays the same, but you might, instead of using a two by four on the building, you used a two by six, you know, and yeah. that's a, that's a great analogy on the turf industry on how the foundation should mostly stay the same your foundation of your material that you learn from step to step but you just might do it a little bit different way it doesn't make it wrong just something that you prefer absolutely but just be open to uh different ideas right uh, i'm gonna skip down for a second um to uh current position challenge name one thing because this goes down with your daily breakdown name one one thing that you deal with on a daily basis, like that, that is, is a continuing problem, whether it be vandalism, turf wear, drainage issue, what name one thing that you're always having to stay on top of to make sure it's good. Uh, you, you know, I think this is one that goes pretty much across the board, no matter what, whether you're in professional baseball, uh, parks and rec, college, golf course uh, is labor. Uh, labor is a huge one. Um, you know, we're, we're in a seasonal business, so getting good seasonal help, um, especially from the part-timer position, because usually they're just here because they like baseball, they need a little extra cash, um, just sounds like fun. I, you know, the reasons are endless, um, but getting that good quality help is hard to find. And, and I've had some great guys over the years but, you know, most of my part-time staff are high schoolers. You know, I like to try and go after baseball players. Just they, they kind of have a knack for picking things up a little bit quicker. Um, Correct. But, you know, they've – you know, I was probably the same way when I was in high school. You, you know, you got fun things you want to do with your friends and, and whatnot or a family member, you know, has a – reunion going on that just popped up or you know you got a summer baseball league so, so it's just you know scheduling um trying to get the most out of someone who necessarily it probably isn't going to have the same level of 
detail that you might. Um, so knowing that boundary of, I want you to do the best you can, but you know, you push them too hard, they'll leave. And, and then, you know, you're the one in the hole. So it, it's getting the best out of them, making sure, you know, they want to be a team player and provide a good service. Cause you know, they, we're all about safety, you know, no matter what, whether, like I said, it's parks and rec college, golf course, professional baseball, it's all about player safety. So you, you want to do something right. Um, now the level of detail I might put into a mound is going to be a little bit different than say some 17 <clears throat> year old who's just here just because he needs a little extra cash for his gas tank. Um, so that's probably the number one challenge. Um, I could say it's Trump's pretty much everything, you know, obviously turf wear and dealing with coaches and, you know, they they'll come out and say, Hey, I need something we're going to do something on the game mound in five minutes. And, you know, the game mound's not really in the best situation for something on it right now, just because of how I'm, I'm trying to prepare it. So it's ready to go at seven o'clock, not, you know, it's going to be open for a few hours unknowingly and still be good, a good mound at seven o'clock. So it's, you know, there's other things, but certainly labor's at the top. Yeah. That's uh, I'd say that everybody could agree with, the labor i've seen a big transition in labor uh in that uh, in the last 10 years i've seen a uh it's like a roller coaster on uh your efficiency with and your turnover on uh your labor help um moving forward uh name a couple cultural practices that you live by we're not asking for any turf secrets now zach we're just uh, asking, <laughs> we're just asking for some cultural practices um, um, let's say anything that could benefit, you know, some of these parks and rec guys that have baseball or softball complexes or anything, or any just turf guys in general. What are some cultural practices? Just let's let's think of one or two that really stand out in your head. Uh, so, and going back to what you said, you know, I certainly don't have any secrets. Um, you know, I may not put out everything that I do around here on Twitter, but it's not to be secret. Uh, but it's certainly if somebody's asked what I'm doing, I'm an open book. Um, but it goes back to everybody does a little bit different. Um, but probably the biggest one, and you know, if you ask a, a few of my sales reps, uh, nine times out of 10, when they come out here, I'm probably sitting on an air fire, uh, whether it's just, you know, simple punching a solid, or it could be pulling a core. Um, but most times if we've got any sort of break, um, I'm going to be sitting on an air fire. I'm huge on airification. Um, just, you know, especially growing Bermuda grass in the South, uh, you know, it gets super thatchy in the summer. So managing that thatch layer, but also, you know, trying to keep oxygen down into that root zone because outside, I mean, just compaction is, is uh, a killer. Um, no matter what you're trying to grow um, and no matter where you're trying to grow it. If, you, if you've got a compacted soil layer, you might have a tough time trying to grow something um, except for it seems like crabgrass, you know, kind of <laughs> grows real well in, in compacted soils. Um, yeah. So airification is a huge one. Now, with that being said, you don't want to go out there and start air fine something that's dead. You know, your most beneficial on recovery side of things, if you've got a nice healthy stand, um, but if you do a timely airification, um, you know, you just gonna make that, that turf so much stronger. 
Uh, so that, that's a that's a big one I live by. I, I'm a big soil guy from a, from nutrients. Um, I, I, I'm a big believer in feeding the soil so that it makes your turf grass better. Now that's a very long it's a very long term kind of thinking. Um, most of what I put down, you're not going to see a huge jump in growth. Now urea has its has its place and it's a you know it can grow some grass and grow things in um but i think there's a there's a downfall kind of in the long run when you're just pumping nitrogen down into that soil um or, or trying to really get a fast moving grass you know it gets big and fat and i think disease starts to push in a lot more um so i'm a big not so much i'm not full full on 100% organics, but I do believe in feeding the soil um, with a lot of biostimulants and things like that. Um, and I think that's where we're headed uh, with uh, with things. I just see that that's, that's growing year by year that, you know, that market's becoming more attractive to people going green and trying to be uh, protecting the earth. You know, I see that as a big, um, it's a big push for, people being or as or use as many organic products as they can i see that yeah absolutely um but again it, it's not a quick fix you know oh, no. if you want to get you got to build up that reserve um you know but again it, it, you got you can't just rely on it I, I don't i mean you can but i think that's really tough especially when you're trying to produce high quality turf i think you've got to do a good mix of both that's right um now there's some there's some guys that are just running straight 30 3100 uh, you know and a little bit of potassium and you know maybe some 0050 here and there and rolling all hard on the the primo and, and they they've got some great surfaces um nothing against them but that's just kind of how I like to uh grow grass and uh, another thing with those organics while I'm thinking about it budget what people don't understand is when they start breaking into those organics, the price is much different a lot of times. Yeah, they, they can have a price tag on them. And certainly that, that tends to off put a lot of people, certainly in just situations where it's just not feasible. Um, especially but, in the parks and rec um, world, you know, usually they have nice budgets, especially if they're a government agency, uh, you know, especially if they're managed by a government agency, their budget might be great the disbursement that that budget has to, you know, all the, all the fingers that come off of that budget, you know, are uh, usually accounted for before the budget even hits, you know? So absolutely. I mean, that absolutely. it's very important to budget that in to the prior year because a lot of those people have to use that budget for other things, you know? And, um, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I like hearing that because, you know, um, I am, I am the same on um, when it comes to airification, but you know, this, we're not talking about me, but I can't, I mean, I have to second that. Uh, that's probably my favorite in the turf in turf. That is my favorite aspect of turf. I feel like I'm never, I never have enough knowledge on airification. I'm always interested in airification and the science behind it. No, uh, it's, uh, it's a interesting process, long-term and short-term. So Yeah, um, and it's always uh, funny to, you know, a lot of times 
when I'm pulling a core during a home scent or, you know, we've got a road trip going on, I'll air fry the outfield after the game. So I'm here till two, three in the morning, air fine the field. That way I can come in at eight o'clock or so and start cleaning it up. Um, just I'm already here. Might as well just go ahead and get it air fried. Um, I think those cores dry out a little bit better um, and just cleanups a lot easier. Um, you're not rushing through the day to try and beat the heat. Um, but you certainly get that look on when the staff rolls in the next day and they see this field and it's just covered in dirt, so to speak. Um, and they think that you've just completely torn the bejesus out of the field and there's no way I can get it back to what it was for the next homestand. And then, you know, three days later, I mean, well, usually when we clean it up, it looks just as bought new, but, you know, a few days later it's grown in and looks even better. And at least from my eyes. That's right. Anytime it can breathe is, is a good thing. Absolutely. All right. So moving forward, um, work, uh, this section's workplace efficiency and saving money. Name one thing in your career that stands out to you that made you or your team more efficient and or saved money. Um, kind of hit it a little bit on the airification. Um, now you can't, not everyone can sit on the air fire at 2 a.m. with some nice big old lights um, and, and air fire the field. Um, that's certainly one of them. But, you, you know, pick and choose your battles. Uh, you know, if I've got a short break uh, from a road trip, going, going back to air, air fine here, um, I might not be able to air fire the entire field just from because what I've got else to do. So I'm going to hit the important areas. You know, if, don't focus on, well, I, if I've got to do it, I've got to do it, you know, across the board. No, there's nothing that says that you have to do your entire field. Hit those wear areas, you know, throw a little bit of sand, a little bit of extra fertilizer just in the areas that need it, not a full field app. Um, prior to, prioritizing, you know, jobs with your staff, that's when you're, you know, it's, it's key to find out. Um, Very important. Which staff member is good at certain things and really trusting them instead of like, well, I got to do the game mound because it's the game mound. Well, if you got a guy who does pretty good work, just let him do it so you can focus on something that's probably a little bit more important and you, you get out of here maybe 30 minutes earlier just because, you, you know, I jumped on the game hose to start soaking down the infield. Well, I got some guy who, who does a good job on the game mound. It may not be 100% perfect, but it's still going to be safe. It's still going to be up to regulation. But, again, you know, we're going to be here for another 16 hours t tomorrow. So, you know, let's get out of here 30 minutes extra. Um, just because, you know, I said, hey, you're going to be on the game mound so I can get started watering the infield. Uh, so really just prioritizing who does what, and it doesn't always have to be you that does that job. Yeah, that's uh, prioritizing, I think, is, uh, is, is probably one of the most important things. Like you said, um, you know, growing up, I was always very organized and, went off to college by myself and, you know, I'm just like, uh, you know, I used to put everything in sheet protectors and all that. And, and then I, you know, I came home from college and I was free, you know, I was yeah. like, oh, I don't care, you know, and all that. And then I started working for my current boss and every morning you worked there as well for Tommy Walston. Um, uh, every morning before we start the day, you know, the workday starts at seven by seven, by 10 after seven, we're in the truck, the whole crew. And we toured a, complex just to check over everything make sure everything's okay from the night before but that's 
kind of, I feel like to me, it's like that decompress period, decompressing from the outside world and getting that, getting those coals burning for the workday. You know, at the same point, everybody's able to share how their evening was or how their weekend was, a little small talk. And that also at the same point, everybody's on the same page of viewing what needs to be done that day. And as that ride is, is taken and those things are, you know, jotted down on the list, they're prioritized during the trip too. So, and it's a communication process. We know this needs to be, uh, we have, we feel like this needs to be done first. So we have this, these things that are for sure need to be done after that, then we can start picking off these other things. And uh, absolutely. I think, you know, that, and that no matter if I stay there forever, or if I leave and uh, go elsewhere, it doesn't matter if I'm in turf or not, that will always stick with me on the importance of being able to prioritize. If it's nothing else, but the work day for your employees, you know, it's uh, people like discipline, you know, uh, people like, you know, that discipline and that structure. It's uh, not many people are unsuccessful when they have structure around things. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got something super important going on the next day, you know, like I said, you know, um, talk with your staff, you know, the day prior, like, hey, this is what we got going on today, you know, tomorrow. So just prepare yourself, get in maybe a little early, you know, and get your coffee, get you some water. And that way we're ready to roll and we can we can just hit the hit the ground running um, instead of, you know, show up seven o'clock. It's like, all right, guys, we're air fine. You know, it's going to be a hot, long, hot, hot day. Let's get after it. And they're like kind of caught off guard. You know, it's going to put them in a little bit of a bad mood because maybe they just thought it was going to be a nice, easy day. It was like, well, nope, you know, it's going to be hot, hot and heavy. Um, but if you kind of prepare them the day before, um, it, I think it's just it, it's so much more beneficial from a mental side of things. Um, yeah. So just communication, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right, moving forward. Uh, give me your opinion on the importance of continuing education, staying informed and the use of technology when it comes to apps. And if you can name an app that's your go-to app, I would assume it has something to do with the weather um, by our previous, by our earlier conversation, but uh, give us a breakdown, or, you know, a brief breakdown on the importance of continuing education in the turf industry uh, in, um, from your view. Yeah. I mean, I, continuing education is, is huge. I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but not every person knows everything in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I wish I could find that person. Um, and even still, like, you know, you can never get everything out of, um, and, and it, you know, learning a different situation might pop up that you've never encountered. So you're going to learn, um, or maybe something else happened somewhere else that could benefit yourself. So, you know, it's just generally always strive to learn more. Um, and it may be something little, um, you know, how much water you, you threw down at nine o'clock in the morning versus, you know, nine 30 or, you know, just little things or big things like, Oh, there's this new fertilizer out. That's just a game changer. You, you know, that nitrogen releases is, is awesome. It's got a great potassium source, a little bit of micros like, okay, cool. You know, yeah, I've been using something for so many years, but you know, it goes back to, okay, I'm gonna learn something new today. Um, and that's, we've kind of hit on it. You know, like I said, I'm big on Twitter. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly just flipping through it. And if I see an article that I've never seen before, maybe it's one I've seen before, I'm going to read it again. Um, 
you know, I, I try to not pigeonhole myself into only following minor league groundskeepers. Um, you know, I follow a lot of parks and rec, I follow a lot of college guys. I follow a lot of golf course superintendents. I think those guys do amazing work when it comes to growing grass. And, they, you know, they've certainly not so much figured it out, uh, but they're certainly a kind of uh, ahead of us a little bit um, and, and just do some great things. They've got some great research teams. Uh, so don't pigeonhole yourself into learning from one source. Um, you know, get out there, you know, read something that you may not agree with. That's great advice. Read it, you know, cause you might like, well, you know what? Okay. That does make sense. And even if you still don't agree with it. Okay. St- you know, you might come across a guy who it does agree with it, but it's never heard of it. So you can pass it along. Um, you know, there's some controversial topics that a lot of guys post and, you know, you'll mm-hmm. see some discussion about it and, and you might pick up something just real small from that, that conversation that you can use at your own place. It doesn't have to be, well, I, you know, I got to use the entire conversation. Um, it, it, like I said, Twitter is probably a big technology app. Um, weather, again, don't pigeons, you know, I've usually for the most part, I use weather underground. Uh, I'll use Noah a lot as well. Um, but again, don't pigeonhole yourself into one app, at least from a weather side of things. I, I like to look, uh, over a, f- a few different platforms, um, you know, get to know your, your local meteorologist. Uh, you know, we, we've got a kind of a contact here, James Spann. He, he's a kind of world renowned, uh, but I can contact him if I'm having some questions on, you know, a storm rolling in or maybe it's something overnight. Um, you know, I can kind of ask him and, and get a little bit more of a breakdown on what he thinks is going to happen for, this little two acre plot, uh, that we call the ballpark. Um, you know, and I'm reading forecast discussions just to, you know, I may not understand it half the time because those guys use some big words. Um, but if I can get a generality of what it's saying versus what my weather underground saying versus what, um, Noah is saying and just, and maybe what James Spann is saying, I can put those two together and just make, at least what makes me feel like a, a higher percentage of a, a, of a guess on what to do for whatever I'm trying to plan for. Um, and, and books, um, you know, I've got a, a bookshelf in here full of all sorts of type of books that I've gotten throughout my years um, from just sports field, just disease related, pests related, so don't be afraid to just, you know, it's a rainy day, you know, pick your feet up and, you know, start reading a book. Um, STMA has got a great website. There's a lot of county extension agent websites. Your, you know, your local state university has got some good information. Um, so just use any and every avenue you can to, to learn and get better. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Zach. You know, with it breaks down to everything breaks down to your resources you know, and use it, utilizing your resources. And you were talking about how the uh, golf course guys were kind of in front of us. And, and I think uh, what you're trying to say there is like, we were talking about the foundation when it comes to turf, you know, I'm a sports turf guy, but I have appreciation for everybody involved in turf. The golf course management of golf course turf is the foundation of turf. That's, you know, that's where it was first started to be utilized. And then, you know, it evolved into, 
sports turf and home loans. And everybody said, well, if you can do that on the golf course, I can do that at my house or I can do that on my football field. I mean, I can spend this kind of time and get this kind of playing surface there. And so I would consider, you know, the golf industry is, you know, is one of the building blocks to uh, the turf industry. And uh, like you said, don't pigeonhole yourself to just one, you know, don't, you know, don't do that to yourself, you know, you know, spread it out, you know, be very diverse in the people that you follow and contact for information, the resources that you use. Um, next, uh, what is your ultimate career goal that you hope to achieve or that you have achieved? Oh, you know, that's kind of a tough one. Um, you know, I work at a great ballpark out here, um, doing some good things out here, double um, A which kind of in at least the professional or minor league side of things, you know, there's some guys that are in low A baseball that have got just as good of a field as triple A. Um, so don't get hung up on, well, I've got to make it to the majors. I've got to make it to triple A, like, you know, find the ballpark that is awesome, good environment. You know, it's got a good resource for you to just do some good work. Um, so I, I, you know, it's hard to say, am I there right now? At least for the time being, yes. Uh, what's the next step or what's my ultimate goal? It's hard to say. I think my ultimate goal is to be able to remain in turf grass and have a great family atmosphere with my wife and future child or future children. Uh, I think that's the ultimate goal is just to continue to do what I love, um, but also just have an amazing family uh, lifestyle. So I'm getting there, working every day for it. You know, it's hard doing long hours during the season and, and having a wife that wants me home and, and now a kid that'll want me home. Um, but I'm certainly loving what I'm doing got two dogs that come to work with me pretty much every day so that's that's a huge blessing um oh yeah i'm sure it, it is and you know it, it's a great you know try not to take advantage of it but it, you know it's a great thing to have two dogs with you that can just help break up the long hours you know you get that i've got a golden retriever who's just full of life um every day is the best day ever for her um so she really brightens up the day when you're just worn out tough pissed off at the weather because it's not doing what you want or, you know, players are throwing a fit about something that's out of your control. Uh, that's right. So, yeah, I, you know, it's hard to say what my goal is. It's just to hopefully continue doing what I love and we'll go from there. That's right. Um, share with us as we start to wrap this up uh, with our turf stuff, share with us a – Turf story, funny, crazy turf story that all the listeners can appreciate. And this needs to be PG story, <laughs> um, preferably. So, so I've got, uh, let's see, I've got two. Um, well, we'll say three. We'll, we'll go real quick through these. Probably the number one, and I've seen this happen to other guys, and some guys catch some, some serious ridicule for it. Um, but it happens to everyone. It certainly happened to me. Um, but here's the number one tip of the day, check your irrigation clocks. Uh, cause I, have you know, I, I double checked it, you know, could have sworn I didn't have any programs to start. 
uh, and eight o'clock rolls around and boop, there goes uh, first base foul irrigation right when uh, we've got a game going on. Um, uh, that, that's a, uh, you, you'll never run as fast as you've ever run before when, when you have that, when that happens to you. Um, you know, you, you kind of figure out why it happened. Uh, backstory, it, it was, uh, I figured out that you can have a program run multiple times same program run multiple times throughout the day and so it had an, an ABCD kind of program with it and I didn't know that there was a B setting and figured that out real quick but you know also learned that no matter what if you've got a, a game going on just turn it off just turn that clock off it's just not worth it um, and, and then once that game's over with you know you can just turn just flip that switch back to on um, but you know you take your lickings you say you're sorry and you move on, you know, if you, you're truthful about it and, you know, you show that hey, it was my bad, you know, we're all people. We all make mistakes. Um, another one was pretty crazy. This was in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, we were doing post game. Um, we had this uh, firework container that was in the outfield that every time our home team either hit a home run or when we won the game, it would just shoot off a single uh, shot of firework nothing crazy big um and, and it was an intern's job not one of ours but a front office interns to go collect these spent shells after the game um and discard of them which in hindsight probably wasn't the best but anyways here we are uh so he you know he takes the spent shell out there was a trash can in the bullpen because um, he had to go through the bullpens to go to where the, uh, the fireworks were. Well, he threw that canister down in that, that trash can and walked away. And, you know, we're doing our post-game thing. And here comes uh, some front office members just hollering at us down on the field. And we're like, what? What are you hollering at us for? Sure enough, that daggum uh, bullpen was almost completely on fire. I mean, like, six foot flames it, it was nuts uh so we we both go running out there luckily we had a a three-quarter inch hose um greg if you're hearing this that was a good time um and we put it out real quick uh kind of funny story we took i mean because that trash can was down to nothing uh but we put that trash can on the intern's desk that that, that night and he had he had a nice little uh morning present for him um so we kind of did away with who, who grabbed it and our dispensing um, process with fireworks from then on. And we didn't have an issue. Um, and then a cool story. So when I was with Hickory, the crawl dads, my second year, we had an awesome, awesome team, great manager. Uh, we ended up winning the South Atlantic league championship. Um, so that was really awesome to, you know, just be kind of a part cause you're out there with those guys kind of 24 seven, seeing them grind, you're out there grinding with them. Um, I've got a ring that is the exact same as theirs, so that's a really cool memory that I'll certainly hold um, for a long time. Oh, awesome, man. I, I love hearing stories. Uh, they're always fun. Okay, we're going to get to our – we're going to wrap this up with some uh, – we're going to have three questions here that are non-turf related, uh, and then we'll finish it up with a, with a little words of wisdom uh okay your favorite quote or phrase oh oh man there's some there's some good ones out there uh certainly some non-pg or some non-pg ones but we'll keep this one uh 
a little cheesy, but you know, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Uh, so that's kind of a big one. Just you don't have to kill yourself on every single project, but just do the best that you can within whatever time constraint or physical ability that you have. Um, whether it's, you know, playing Tilly Winks or, you know, rebuilding the field. Um, that's one I've always kind of kept with me. Okay. All right. If you were having a final meal, your final meal, what would it be? The meal, the place, uh, prepare, break it down for us. Ooh, man, that's tough. Uh, you know, it, it would probably just be with my, my friends, you know, family and friends all gathered together around, um, just a, a barn somewhere, probably just crushing some crawfish, uh, with a good old brewski in hand, um, you know, and just laughing, talking shop, if you know, or just good times. Um, so that's, you know, just a big community, and, you know, it's, especially right now with COVID going on, it's hard <laughs> to really do that. Um, but, you know, just getting together with loved ones, um, and just sharing fellowship. Um, I, I've certainly got some meals that I would love to have, but if, it, you know, if I had to really choose it, would, especially right now with this past year going on, it is getting together with a lot of friends and family and just crushing some crawfish. Awesome. Awesome, man. All right. If you wake up tomorrow and you've won the lottery, what's the first thing you do and what's your first non-essential purchase? Um, probably buy a bass boat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, and then I think this kind of, you know, that's a non-essential purchase, but I would probably buy a piece of land with a, you know, it, that I could do, you know, anything I wanted on it. I could fish for some monster bass, I, you know, be able to hunt on it um, and, and, you know, have a nice big old back porch with a swing and, and just enjoy the land wherever it might be. Um, you know, it'd be nice to have a mountain house um, for the winter and, and then a nice old beach house out in the Outer Banks. So, um, but you know what, it'd be hard not to work. So I'd probably have to find some, some little uh, high school field to, to take care of as well. Well, I think we all can understand that. All right. Lastly, um, what are some words of wisdom that you would like to share for young up and coming turf professionals? Um, I, you know, I think we kind of hit a hit on it a little bit with, with the um, importance of continuing your education. Um, you, you know, really just never stop learning. Uh, I, I'm not the greatest at it, but I'm certainly trying to do better um, is network. Um, a, a big thing about our industry is word of mouth. Um, and that's a big thing, you know, whether it's getting a job, um, figuring out a solution to a problem, you know, you just can't figure out. Um, but if you burn a lot of bridges or you just stay kind of uh, turtle shelled, it's hard to get out and meet new people. Um, and, you know, you just meet new friends. Um, and it doesn't have to be just people in the South. If you're down here, you know, reach out to people up North, out West, you know, Southern California, the desert. Uh, so network, um, I need to do a better job of it. I'll mill it right here um, and, and work hard and it pays off. 
Well, I'll tell you what, man, it's been a pleasure with you up here. Um, and you're so active on Twitter. Uh, you mind sharing with us your uh, Twitter handle for, for everybody? Oh, it, it's pretty straightforward. I made it a long time ago, and I, you know maybe I should change it to be a little bit cooler. Uh, but it's just at Zach Van Voorhees. Um, I, I'm pretty much the only one that's Van Voorhees up there, so it's like Jason Voorhees, so just kind of find me. Please follow me. Um, I'll try and, and follow uh, you back. The uh, podcast uh, Twitter handle is at Dirt Turf Podcast, and we'll post a link to this podcast as well as uh, a link to uh, Zach's Twitter handle as well. Yeah, please do. Give us both a follow because this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did it. I can't wait to hear whoever next that you have uh, coming down the pipeline. You know, it should be a good one because we've got a lot of great guys out there that got a lot to say. Yeah. Well, Zach, I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, I'm going to get out there to see you sometime. Please do, man. Doors always open. Chris, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was certainly a pleasure. Yeah, man. And take care of yourself. You too. All right. Thank you again for joining us for the Dirt on Turf podcast. I uh, had a great time today with our guest, Zach Van Voorhees. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Zach Van Voorhees. And that's Z-A-C-H-V-A-N-V-O-O-R-H-E-E-S. And follow us on Twitter at Dirt Turf Podcast. All lowercase, one word. And follow us on Facebook. We hope you enjoy and until next time.